0: Hey, welcome to the Therapy Thoughts podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher. I own Mindful Counseling in Orem, Utah, and I'm on a mission to break down mental health stigma. Therapy Thoughts is a podcast all about helping you love yourself and make peace with your mind, body, and food. I'll share some education, tips, interviews, and tools from my clinical experience so you can improve your mental health. Stay tuned as we change the mental health game and talk all about therapy. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Therapy Thoughts. I am so excited to tell you who joins me today on the podcast. It is Paige Smathers, a registered dietitian in Salt Lake City, Paige and I go way back. We've become friends through, you know, the Instagram network, and she is really good at helping her clients find positive solutions to the questions and the struggles they're experiencing with food and body image. She has so many cool ideas to share on this podcast. Uh, I hope that you enjoy learning from her and her whole conceptualization of food and relating to food. Um, She dubs it Positive Nutrition. So we talk all about values and nuance in your relationship with food, and it's a lot of fun. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Paige Smathers. All right, y'all. This is episode 22, and I am really excited to sit with my friend because she's my friend. Paige Smathers is in the his out. The his out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we're doing our John Ralphio <laughs> impersonations over here. <laughs> um, Paige is not just a friend, she's a really competent and well established registered dietitian in Salt Lake City. And why don't you tell us what's up? What got you interested in the whole mental health sphere? Yeah. So I'm a registered
1: dietitian, which you don't usually think of as being in the mental health world. But, um, you know, when you start doing the work of sitting with people and trying to help them with their nutrition, you start to realize, whoa, I can give the best nutrition advice in the world. And still sometimes people are crying and sometimes people are like dealing with so many other elements of what goes on in a person's life that affects their relationship with food that you start to realize, like, in order for me to do my job, I have to learn how to talk to people. I have to learn how people work. I have to like be sensitive to maybe other diagnoses that people have, you know, sometimes it's mental health diagnoses and physical health diagnoses. So, um, just kind of the more you, I mean, managers for businesses have to, have to learn about psychology and mental health in order to learn how to help motivate their employees. So I just think it's, we we tend to kind of put, categorize and say, oh, this is the mental health world and this is the nutrition world and this is the business world or whatever. And I just see so much overlap and intersection. And so I always tell my clients, they're like, well, maybe this is more something for a therapist. And, I'll, and sometimes the answer is, yeah, like bring that into therapy. But sometimes it, I explain it like it's a Venn diagram. Where a dietitian has certain things that only they probably talk about during their sessions, and then therapists have certain things that they explore in certain modalities. But really, there's a lot of intersection and overlap mm-hmm. where like you can't be in therapy and never ever talk about food, and you can't be in a nutrition therapy setting and never ever talk about body image or mm-hmm. your thoughts or your self talk, right? Mm-hmm. so I don't like, I'm definitely not a mental health, like trained expert, but there is a lot of overlap. So there's a lot of like supervision and like continued learning that I do to help myself be the best, you know, nutrition therapist I could
0: be. I love that. Yeah. That's a really good way to break it down. And I think I have so much fear as a mental health counselor. Like when I talk about intuitive eating on Instagram, where there's a really big like call out culture that people will say, hey, stay in your lane. You're not a dietitian." Mm. Um, that hasn't happened. So it's probably an irrational, just fear. But I, I think that respect of like, we know where our scope of practice ends and where we would ask other, you know, professionals to step in. But comparing that to like your expertise as a dietitian, like, of course you're going to use reflective listening and talk about mental health and emotions and relationships with food. It's not just meal planning that because that's diet culture and that doesn't work. And like,
1: honestly, that's how you're trained in school. Pretty. I mean, you learn motivational interviewing, you learn some things, but you know, you get out and you're like, okay, I'm going to like change the world and teach people about nutrition. And the first little bit of doing that, you realize, wow, this is such an emotional thing. Wow. This is not just food. Food is important. And you know, definitely plays a role and definitely like educating about some of the misconceptions people have about nutrition can be really like liberating for people, but, but yeah, you have to like, you have to know how to talk to people. You have to be able to understand where they're coming from. And a lot of that is like, not necessarily
0: stuff we're just like automatically good at, you know? Yeah, Love it. <laughs> um, I thought this was really cool. I asked Paige, I said, so what should we talk about on the podcast? And the word I had in my mind is the exact same word you said. What'd you say? <laughs> nuance. Nuance. So if you follow Paige's just extremely in-depth blog, first of all, it's incredible. If you watch her on Instagram, she is really teaching us all so much about nuance and what that means and how that applies to nutrition. So I want you to go off. I want you to school us. <laughs> Tell us what it means to think about nuance.
1: Okay. So... I have to say that, um, this is like such a personal thing for me. It's so, it's so personally important for me to, um, kind of be aware of my tendency as a human being to kind of do like us versus them or like all or nothing, or like I'm in or I'm out, you know, that, that is something that I've recognized that is just maybe just normal part of being human. I've always been a bit more of like a, in the middle kind of person. Part of that has to do with the way I was raised and having divorced parents and never really having consistency. So it's like, oh, there's more than one way to do things. Right. Mm. Um, and anyway, so as I've moved on throughout my life, I've realized more and more times, like, wow, this idea of nuance comes up. Like life is really messy. Like you, it's not in or out. You're not doing it or not doing it or succeeding or failing. Like it's just, it's just continuing on. Right. And so with nutrition, so I started working on this idea of nuance in my own life personally, because there was just a lot of reasons for me to need to explore it. And I started, so I got better, I think at noticing when I wanted to do all or nothing thinking and noticing when I was getting really like, um, black and white in my thinking, I guess. Yeah. And then I, I started to kind of develop that skill personally. And then I started to realize, Oh my gosh, this world I'm in professionally is so not good at nuance, Mm. like not good. So I noticed that in obviously like in diet culture circles, like it's just completely black and white. It's like, do this. Don't do that. This is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. Which obviously we all, we all hopefully know that that's just obviously not right. But then I also see, sort of the the community who rejects diet culture sometimes can get just as black and white about that and yep. I'm like, hello, that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. That's not like you're trading one like cognitive distortion for another and it's actually the same thing just reincarnated. Mm-hmm. So I started to realize like there's actually this really cool exploration of nuance. And another way to say that for me and the way I see it is like messiness, like Mm -hmm. it's just messy, you know, it's not this clean cut. Oh, I, I eat and then I just do it all perfectly. And it's just so easy or I reject diet culture. And so it's just one day I just decide I'm done with that. And then it's just so easy. No, like it's messy. Mm -hmm. And you're like, if we don't explore nuance with our clients or even just in the stuff that we put out in social media or wherever we're we're hanging out, like if we're just acting like rejecting dieting or making peace with your body or, you know, recovering from some type of, I don't know, thing in your life, like we're really doing ourselves a disservice because there's so much to be learned by diving into this gray, messy, Mm -hmm. nuanced area, Mm -hmm. both in terms of nutrition recommendations. So like a classic one is eat more fruits and vegetables, right? Like that's a classic nutrition recommendation you hear. Well, a lot of people don't realize that the people who actually take that advice seriously are the ones that are already eating probably too many fruits and vegetables. And there is such a thing as too many fruits and vegetables, Mm -hmm. right? So when we're, even when we're giving nutrition advice, we need to say, but hold on, there's nuance to this because you could potentially be eating too many fruits and vegetables and that's not good. And if you're going to the bathroom multiple times a day, or if you're like super bloated or whatever the signs might be, let's explore that too. Same with like exercise. Oh, we all should be exercising. Okay. Well, wait a minute. There is such a thing as too much exercise. And some people actually benefit from taking a break from Mm -hmm. exercise or like chilling out about exercise or doing it less often or doing it less vigorously. Right. So I see this problem in the kind of the traditional like dietetics world of just like giving these really like trope type advice that just like isn't helpful, and then I see it on the other side too. And so I'm just kind of saying like, hey, I'm going to be messy. I'm going to like explore this gray area, and I'm going to teach you a way to think about this stuff that's actually going to like serve you way better than just adopting new black and white rules. So that's kind of my mission. I feel.
0: Oh my gosh, it's so powerful. To, to say that even rejecting diet culture, with which we're all about in this podcast and in our field, that it creates a whole new trap if we don't allow for this imperfect application of it. Can you speak more to that? Like, what are we doing wrong? How are we being extreme in that mindset? So I
1: I just see it as like, it's problematic whenever you think you have the moral high ground over someone else. Mm. Like if you're, if you're coming to, um, a one-on-one conversation and you know, the person you're talking to has really bought into diet culture and you're like, Oh, I'm so much better because I don't. And I've like, I'm enlightened and I've figured this out. And, uh, I'm going to just teach you why you should like think like me. I just think nobody responds well to that. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes feeling like, they're wrong and you're right and when you come into this uh, the social situation with that in mind it really gives you a license to do things that are that are just immoral and like not kind right yeah. so when you think you have the moral high ground i think you become kind of a jerk and you you close people off mm. so i see that i see that where it's like well i'm right and you're wrong and i'm not going to listen i'm just going to like preach to my choir over here mm-hmm. and then we're we're missing out on people who maybe can see the the fact that diet culture has like done them wrong but they're like well the al- alternative is like maybe something i can't relate to or something i don't feel is right for me so then what do i do like it feels like this choice of like this you know binary thinking which i think is just another way of saying all or nothing thinking where it's like i'm either in dieting or I'm totally completely rejecting it. And there's no room for any type of like vegetable in my life or something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people visualize it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to help people see like eventually making peace with food means making peace with cake and cookies and pasta, but it also means making peace with salads and broccoli too. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, you can eat a salad and that doesn't mean you're good for eating the salad. That just means, okay, it's a salad anyway, yeah. moving on with life.
0: Right. Yeah this really connects with what I do as a counselor of like meeting people where they're at Yeah, and there's stages to change. You can't come in hot with action oriented <laughs> yeah. like interventions when someone's not even willing to question. And so mm-hmm. I think there has to be that nuance like, yeah, you're allowed to want to diet, right? Like, Hey, yeah, it's okay. It's okay that you're scared to death. Can we, can we talk about maybe this point of view or putting weight loss on the back burner and having room to let the person grow where they're at. You're preaching that message. Well, and
1: I'm trying to do it. Like I'm trying to make room for that professionally too. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm trying to say like, Hey, no, I'm, I'm insisting on occupying this middle ground. And it's not, sometimes people say like, well, you're a paradigm straddler or something. You know, I've gotten that type of criticism. And I'm like, I don't really care if you think I'm a paradigm straddler. Like I really care about the clients I'm trying to serve. And I find that who, who polices me the most are other professionals, not, not, not actual real people who need this help. So Mm. I just kind of stay, I try to stay sort of like grounded in, well, you know, take me or leave me professionals who follow along. That's fine. But also like, I'm kind of, I'm here for, I'm here for my
0: clients, you know, I love that. And I, I support you as someone who's in this space. And it's interesting how we police each other and saying, Hey, you have to do this the way I do this. And there's a right way to do this you're informed in what you're doing and you're creating a space of nuance. And I think that that's a missing component and you're a pioneer in saying, pay attention to this. It pushes us to be better and it makes us uncomfortable yeah. to kind of say like, Oh, huh. What if I let my client kind of hang on to diet culture? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's mo- the most effective way to help them get through it. And I think if we talk to anyone in this you know, room with us, they would agree. If we give, if we allow ourselves to get uncomfortable and think about nuance, I, I find it hard to kind of reject it as a appropriate discussion.
1: Well, and what's so cool about nuance to me is you're not being very nuanced. If you're saying there's never black and white answers to things, right? Like that's pretty, like that's pretty all or nothing in itself. So even nuanced thinking is saying sometimes it is a black and white thing. and Sometimes it's just like, no, we need to like completely leave that behind. Right. So sometimes Nuanced thinking means you're not being nuanced. You are saying there is an absolute here, right? So it's like kind of confusing. You kind of feel cross-eyed, but at the same time, what I love about the work I do with food is if someone can get better at looking at an apple and saying like, okay, this is neither good nor bad. This is neither right nor wrong. This is not a moral issue this apple sounds great to me. I'm going to dip it in some peanut butter. I'm going to move on with my life. And I'm going to like notice the thoughts that come up around it and just kind of be like, you know what? I'm not going to give that the time of day today. If someone can practice that with an apple and peanut butter, they can do that when they're in difficult situations socially, or, you know, like these skills that you learn with food can be trans like directly translated into like I don't know, more important is maybe a judgment term, but like to me, food's important, but it's not the most important thing. So if you can get better at it in something that you have to do every day, multiple times a day, if you can get better at being kind to yourself and practicing this nuanced thinking and letting go of paradigms that don't
0: serve you, you get better at that in other areas of life, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, people in the self-help space and growth space and mental health space. That's what it's all about. The here and now process of like, Mm. we can wrestle through the nuance of food and our relationship with food. This is just a microcosm, Mm -hmm. meaning this discussion or this principle is just, you know, an example of how it's really going to reflect in my life at large. And I think that's the power of your nuance message of like getting uncomfortable, being willing to do that wrestle. That's powerful. Because yeah. that's really impacting change in a lot of ways if you can help people get that idea. Yes.
1: And some of these frameworks, like intuitive eating or health at every size, let's just say, sometimes I like to remind people that these, like, if we take a big step back, what we're trying to do here is we're just trying to help you live your best life. Like, that's it. So don't get caught up in being like, oh, I need to check the boxes of being an intuitive eater. I need to, like, do this exactly perfectly. It's like, no that's the goal is not to become an intuitive eater. The goal is to like use intuitive eating to be the best version of you. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So I think we sometimes fall into that trap where I like to bring in nuance of like, no, that's, that's maybe not really a very great goal because the purpose of these frameworks is to help you see things in a different way and to help you live your best, you know?
0: Yeah. You're, you're bringing in that compassion component, which is part of both of those movements. Mm-hmm. Let's say, cause we're speaking to like health at every size and intuitive eating. Cause that's kind of our jam. And- yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about folks who would want to go to, you know, a dietitian like yourself, maybe they have some diet culture stuff going on. Like how might nuance support them in their journey? So it's,
1: I always think about this idea of like, and you probably very much relate to this, where when you're talking on a podcast or when I'm talking on social media or a blog post, I'm going to talk a little bit different than I might talk one-on-one with a person. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to think, when I'm talking to a big group of people, I'm thinking, okay, who's the most vulnerable here? And how do I be sure to be... As careful as possible with my language and to be as inclusive. and and you know, over the years, I've learned, obviously, I've made mistakes there and stuff. but um when I'm one on one with the client, I'm not mad if they say like they want to lose weight or if they're like saying that they're um, they believe x, y, and z thing about food that maybe I don't believe. Like I'm not combative about it, and I'm not like bugged with them. I get it. I get where they're coming from. How could they not? How could I expect them to think anything other than, what diet culture teaches them. So it's sort of like, Hey, what are your, what are your goals and values? What kind of relationship with food would you like to have? And then if, if I'm hearing them say something that I think might actually be not necessarily in their best interest, I'll just gently be like, Hey, like, have you thought about how that might look? Or have you thought about where that thinking might lead you in the, you know, 10 steps down the line. And a lot of times they're like, you know what? You're right. That hasn't served me very well in the past. Like I'd love, like, that's why I'm here. A lot of times I'll say, that's why I'm here. I want to know another way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just say, you know, if we can take a couple steps in the right direction, that's great. Like, it doesn't need to be, like you said, diving into like, super far down the line, action oriented things. Maybe it's just like, okay, can you just start to bring some awareness around your thoughts of food? Like, can you bring that data into our next session? Like, let's just see what's serving you and what's not. And like, let's just
0: talk about it. You know? I love that. It puts, it puts the client as, you know, the driver They're in the driver's seat. It gives them the respect and the dignity to share their story and their values instead of us pushing an agenda. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and we may say, Hey, we know something that can help you. Mm -hmm. Let's take some steps to help you achieve your goals with this like knowledge that I have. And there's, there's a lot of nuance there.
1: Totally. And sometimes I even say that sometimes I'll say, you know, part of what I'm trying to do here is figure out what you care about and figure out what's important to you. Because I've noticed through the years that sometimes I assume what I care about is what my clients care about. And I've noticed that sometimes that's not the same thing. So help me understand, like, what do you, what do you care about? What's Mm -hmm. important to you? What are your values? Like what kind of person do you want to be? And a lot of times that brings up a really interesting conversation about like, well, I, I really value my relationships a lot. Like it's really important to me to be a great mom or a great wife or, um, a kind neighbor. Okay. Well, sounds like connection is, is something you really value. Like, how are you doing that with yourself? You know, and just kind of bringing it back to like, are you doing that with everyone else and then not with you? And how do how can we use food to kind of
0: help you live more authentically yourself? You know, it's kind of cool. How can we use food to live more <laughs> authentically?
1: Well, I think when, okay, if you look at the things that are important to you, I'll just tell you what are maybe my top three values. So I'm, I really value connection. I value balance and I value, um, what's my other thing, whatever connection and balance. Let's just use those two. So like, if I think about those as, as driving kind of factors in my life, like balance, sure, that relates to food, but it also relates to like the fact that I'm a mom and I work and I'm trying to kind of juggle and balance a lot of elements of my life that make me feel whole and well. So even though sometimes I want to like get a project done because I'm kind of like a non-procrastinator, I'm like, I struggle with procrastinating. It really stresses me out. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, I've just worked a long day and I notice that like deep in my soul, I want to just get more stuff done. And I have to just be like, Paige, like balance, balance, balance. Like put your feet up, watch a show. Don't do anything right now. You need that leisure time. That's important to you. Or I really value like my sleep. Like that's an important part of what makes me feel good. If I don't, and I need, I need to sleep maybe more than the average person. Like I get like eight or nine hours. That's like top notch for me. So I make time for that. And so how can you use food to practice your values? Well, I just said how balance plays into my life in other areas that aren't food. But you know, when I, when I sit down to a meal, one of my favorite, very favorite things to do is to say, okay, what, what sounds good or like, what are we going to be eating or what's convenient or available? Right. There's lots of different ways you decide, but ideally it's like, Ooh, what sounds good right now? Mm-hmm. And then with that, I just like to say, okay, what else could I add to that? Mm-hmm. You know, cause eating just one food, I don't care what it is. It's just not as yummy as eating like three or four at a meal. Right. So I like to say, okay, well, we're going to have spaghetti tonight. All right. Awesome. Can I add some meatballs and can I grab like a bagged salad, you know, and just kind of think in terms of like, what can I add to what I'm already eating to make it align with like things I care about with food? So some values I care about with food are like, I care that it's tasty. Mm-hmm. I care that it's filling. I care that it's satisfying. Um, I, I care that there's some variety in terms of like texture. Like I don't like just eating like mushy noodles and like mushy vegetables and mushy whatever. Like I like variety there too. So anyway, does that,
0: I'm <laughs> am I going on and out. on? <laughs> no. This is a new concept. Oh, really? Yeah. You're really teaching us something. So this like how to live in authenticity with food and having it be value driven. I just love that you're respecting someone's individual expertise on their life and their body and who they are. And that's a really powerful way to say like, here's how you make food work for you and have an authentic relationship with it.
1: Yeah. And then creating that authenticity with your food, even though that sounds maybe kind of weird and kind of heady, like if you get better at that with that, you get better at showing up in social situations where you're feeling insecure and you'd be like, no, like I've practiced authenticity. Like I know how to do this. I can do that with food. I can do that with you people. I I just feel like there
0: is that connection. It is a microcosm
1: for more important things.
0: My mind's like blown to (laughs) smithereens right now. (laughs) Cause I've never once been like, you know what? It's important to me to have like variety in my like food as far as like mushy this, mushy that I'm just kind of like, and it matches my personality and my values. This is just really fun. It's giving me a lot to think about of like, I just like need food. Yeah. just like, give me food. What sounds good right now? Cause I'm like fast type A, go, go, go. Like it's just got to fit in my life. It's just got to work for me.
1: Well, Um, and I need to say like, sometimes I'm like that too. Like, so I'm not this like really particular person with food, to be honest, maybe more like with dinners that I'm like planning to like cook for the family and we all sit down. Like I kind of, I'd prefer it to have some variety there. Well, when I'm working, like, I'm kind of like you, like grab something, like eat it
0: quick, you know, and that can fit into the values of of my life too. Right. Like the balance. Exactly. Yeah. It's just so cool. It just gives me a lot to think about of like, At one point, right, the the whole notion of having a relationship with food was like a weird idea. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like this novel idea of like, what? You can't have a relationship with something that's not a living human. And so for you to be like, well, maybe this is weird to kind of create, you know, this value system and authenticity. I'm like, I don't think it is at all. I think that's perfect and dives into having a relationship with food and how to make it a really solid, good relationship that you honor and listen to, like what a cool way to apply that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I love the relationship um, metaphor because like a lot of my clients really struggle with trust, right? Like trusting themselves, trusting their body, trusting that if they really honor their cues of hunger, like what does that mean with their body or their weight? Right. And the metaphor of the relationship is so powerful to be able to say like, well, how do you build trust with, with anybody in your life? Like, what does that even look like with maybe someone who has betrayed you or who or who has made you not trust them as much? Like, how do you rebuild that? And take that same thing that you would do with someone else and do that with yourself. Like it's a two-way street. Your Your body's going to trust you more when you start to honor it better. And then you start to realize, wow, when I honor my body, I get this payoff of like feeling really awesome or having more energy or whatever it is. And then you start to trust it more and things start to kind of come into alignment, but you don't just wake up one day and say, Oh, I trust my body today. Just like you don't do that with a a human being who's hurt you. Right. It takes time. It takes lots and lots of experience of like giving a little and experimenting and seeing what happens. And then like giving a little more and I mean, over the years, I've seen people do this in different ways. Some, some people just jump into it like, boom, I'm trusting, like I'm jumping off this cliff and there's nothing wrong with that either. But at the same time, it's it's. I love that relationship idea because it's kind of like, let's just look at how we do this in other ways and yeah. let's apply that to ourselves because it's no different.
0: Yes. And this and this is something I would sit in a session with a client do, or sit with a client in session and do rather, and kind of say, so how would you build a relationship with a human? Yeah. How do you show respect and trust to human? And it's fun to kind of say, well, I listen and, <laughs> and I'm saying mean things to them. And like, I kind of honor their feelings or like I'm forgiving. And I'm mm-hmm. like literal application yeah. to food yeah, and your body. What if we did the exact same things? And I see people just kind of settle into that because it makes sense. It makes sense. And then sometimes it's like, whoa, that's so scary. Totally. Yeah. Because it is because we we've listened to diets as, you know, the authority Mm -hmm. and trusted them and we've been betrayed time and time again. And so I think we are very hesitant to say, well, how the heck am I going to trust myself? Yeah. How am I going to trust this thing that I live in my body? And so having space for nuance, having space for this, like, well, what are your values and how does that apply? I think this is a really, (laughs) this is a really valuable idea. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Paige Smathers, y'all. That's why she's here. <laughs> this is a big deal. This is a really <laughs> cool idea. <laughs> yeah. My brain's just really excited to like do that kind of work and and phrase it that way with clients, and cool. excited for people listening to think about their own values and how that influences their relationship with food. Totally.
1: And like, are you good at those values with other people and not with yourself? Like, chances are pretty good, yes. Especially if you feel like your relationship with food is off. Like, and how unsettling as a human being to feel like these things are so important to me and I'm giving them to everyone else, but I'm not giving them to myself. Like, no wonder it doesn't feel good. That's not authentic. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's cool. It's a cool idea. Nuance. I think we all have more space for that. Thanks for breaking that down. Will you tell us about kind of your whole jam and, um, your business and how this applies, the whole positive nutrition yeah. thing. Tell us all about that. Okay. What's funny about this question is it
1: just like the question about nuance. Um, both of these ideas came to me while I was riding my bike up the Canyon by my house. I have like the best ideas on my bike. I don't know mm. what it is. It's like, it's, it's kind of like shower, like in the shower, how you, shower think of, yeah, how you think of cool things. Anyway, it happens to me when I'm about on my bike. So that's where I, came up with this idea of nuance matters and trying to talk about that more. Um, cause my podcast is called nutrition matters. So it's kind of playing off of that, you know? Um, and then this, this name positive nutrition came to my mind, which I am like weeks away from officially registering it as a trademark, which is so cool.
0: Can you It's like a that? long
1: process? It's off. so long. I know. I, yeah. That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I paid someone
0: trademarking,
1: <laughs> uh, so I came up with that term on my bike because here's what was going on. I was just in this place where I was feeling so frustrated about all the negativity of like, when I meet someone at a party, here's what, here's the scene. I'm like eating a chocolate chip cookie or something. And people are like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a dietitian. Then they're like, oh, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I'm not that kind of dietitian. I'm like non-diet like totally body positive. Like, I have to like do this whole rambling on situation of like who I am and who I'm not. And what I've noticed on social media is like people just dietitians describe themselves by what they aren't. And I was like, I want to describe myself by what I am, like who Mm. I don't like the, like, I'm an X, whatever, or I'm like a post whatever, or I'm a non or an anti, like, I don't want to describe myself as that. I want to describe myself like in a positive way, meaning like, with the affirmative, like, what am I right? So I was asked, I was just feeling frustrated that I have to socially tell my, tell people I'm a dietitian and then ramble on forever. And I was like, I wish there was just a positive way to explain what I do. And I was like, like positive nutrition. And I was like,
0: oh,
1: oh my gosh. And then I got home and I like Googled it. It's like, has anyone like trademarked this or, um, someone owns the domain anyway, long story short, they own it. There's not a website behind it. And they, they're like Italian dudes and I like tried to buy it from them because there's not a website. They've owned it for 14 years. Are you going to let you buy it? They have not ever returned my like phone calls or like emails or whatever. So I own positive-nutrition.com, but not positive nutrition Just
0: side note. I found tiffanyro.com and got it it was already owned so oh really let me yeah we maybe we could work something out with the, I'm like
1: who speaks Italian and can like talk to these <laughs> Italian dudes and just be like dude you're not even like you don't even have a website anyway so positive dash yeah positive dash is pretty good but it'd be better if it didn't have a dash. <laughs> I wish we had a video so people could see us right now. Like, come on. The dash is a little (laughs) annoying. Just got a positive-nutrition.com. Yeah. It's like a little annoying, but.
0: So you um. got the, you got the (laughs) positive-nutrition.com. Yeah. You had this, this epiphany.
1: Yeah. It felt like that. And then I just, and then I rebranded my business and I like, I kind of let that term sink in for a while. Cause sometimes I change my mind. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. And then a couple months later, I'm like, I hate it now, but what's cool with that is I, I, I just haven't changed my mind. Like I I've been open to like, maybe I will hate it, but I like it. Even though sometimes the words, the word positive kind of turns people off. They're like, come on. That's mm. like, you know, being, is it Pollyanna? Is that right? Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and I'm sensitive to that and I don't want it to seem like I'm like, everything's great. Like, let's just pretend like everything's great and ignore the negative stuff. And so I, I kind of, I kind of thought about like positive psychology and like how that is just, it's like such a cool like phrase that you kind of automatically understand like, Oh, it's studying what's going right for people who are thriving rather than like what's going wrong when people are struggling. And I kind of just thought like, okay, I think people will get that term, even though it, even though it might turn some people off, but I ha- I've gotten really good feedback about it.
0: I love it. <sighs> what does it mean? How how does it apply to a relationship of food or doing the work you're doing?
1: Yeah. So uh, I think I I'm still like wrapping my head around like what it means. You know, like I I know what it is, and it's sometimes it's just like hard to even put it into words, which I know maybe sounds really dumb, but. Um, sounds thoughtful. Yeah. I am kind of, I'm sort of hesitant to like put a ton of language around it. Cause then I feel like you box yourself in, but here's yeah. where I am right now. Cool. So to me, positive nutrition means like, let's look at, let's look at what's working for people who have healthy relationships with food and a positive approach to food. Um, let's talk about what we can add into our lives and our eating rather than what we can take away. Um, let's, talk about how to approach food in a way that feels authentic and good rather than, um, punitive, you know, um, sort of creating more of a yes relationship with food rather than like a relationship of no or deprivation. Um, I also kind of toyed around with this idea of like a more mindset where, um, a lot of my clients come in thinking that they need to like cut this out or eat less of this or like to be healthy is to like eat less. Mm quantity or certain things or whatever. And it's super interesting. I wish people could be a fly on the wall in my office because most of the time my advice is like more, you know, I'm like, no, you, you actually need to eat more carbohydrate or you need to eat more often, or you really would do better with like more actual like calories or energy in your day. You know, like less is not necessarily the answer. In fact, most of the time, the answer is more so kind of like positive approach adding on more instead of less like you're your own authority I don't know that's kind of where I'm at right now
0: (laughs) no big deal you're just creating a freaking theory (laughs) like this is like a theoretical orientation to nutrition well that's okay that's so nice of you to
1: say but yeah like (laughs) I call it how I see it that's kind of yeah it's kind of trying to integrate like also integrating like the psychological side of all this too, right? Where it's like we act like our physical eating is so separate from our mental health or our mental status, right? So trying to recognize like most of how you decide what to eat is based on your thoughts. Obviously, hello, like yeah, hello. (laughs) So we probably need to talk about them if we're like talking about Food. Um, anyway, so that's kind of where I am on it.
0: It's really cool, and I think just the concepts give people permission to think about it in that way, which is it, it's an epiphany. It's a whole new paradigm.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of the tagline of my website. I I um, say approach food in a whole new way. Mm. Yeah, because that's kind of what I'm going for. I'm trying yeah. to help people see like it it doesn't need to be all this restriction and deprivation and that even when I say that out loud, it sounds really cliche. Um, cause duh, like, I guess if you're in our spaces, you hear that all the time. Like it doesn't need to be that. But at the same time, it's like, I, Here's another element of positive nutrition for me is so often I feel like we're just battling against diets and we're like, they don't work and here's why. And like, here's why they're bad. And here's why they're wrong. And here's why blah, blah, blah. But then I feel like there isn't a lot of like constructive advice about what actually to do. Right. Sometimes people are like, well, that's a huge void now because that was such a part of my life. So then what do like, I still need to eat. So what can I actually do? Right.
0: Positive nutrition add. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's so, what it is. So thanks for creating that. Thanks for <laughs> talking me through it because now I understand it better.
1: I it's mean, it's like a is, big concept, right? It's super clear. Yeah.
0: Okay. It is super clear because it's like, how do we take on big paradigm shifts? It's like, I spend so much time trying to tell clients like, uh, have unconditional permission to eat all food. It's like a, a place to start. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more to it. There's so much nuance and it's part of positivity, but it it feels so scary. And I think you're creating this concept that adds like this warm umbrella of like, there's a lot, there's more, there's more to add, there's more to think about.
1: Yes. And there's stuff to actually do. Like it's not, this is not a process of like taking away diets even like, oh, just don't diet. Just don't diet. Like I've seen people who that's their goal is to just not diet. And guess what? That's not. A great life to live. Like if your whole goal in life is just to not diet, you're going to feel really confused about what to actually do because maybe you ate broccoli when you were dieting and now you're like, well, I can't ever eat broccoli. And you mm-hmm. just get really confused about what does this really mean? Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of saying, Hey, there are things you can do. There are ways to think about things. There are systemic, like, Causes and conditions that are deeper of Mm -hmm. of your struggle. That, like, if you look at those and work on that, like, you're probably going to find some relief in what you're struggling with, Mm. right? So, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole way of thinking. I love it. Thanks.
0: (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) Positive-nutrition.com. That dash. (laughs) So good. Okay, I want to take this. You said something that touches on one of my passions. Mm, Let's hear it. So... I want to dive into it. Um, stigma. You said if you go to a party and you're eating a cookie, because yeah. freaking heaven forbid. Duh, I love cookies. That's stigma that anyone would would blink an eye or bat an eye at a dietitian having a cookie. Why do we do that?
1: Well, they don't understand what a dietitian is, I think. You know, and I think that people just have like a very surfacey understanding of other professions that aren't their own, right? And they just stereotype. They think, oh, well, if you're a therapist, then you can read my mind. Or if you're a dietitian, then obviously you don't eat cookies. Or if you're a firefighter, then obviously you, like, are super hot and, like, <laughs> slide down poles all day. You
0: know what? Sorry. Just saying. That's, that's what I say when I see firefighters. <laughs> right? I'm like, hey. I'll get in line behind you at the grocery <laughs> store. That's all I'm saying. I... <laughs> I resent stigma and it's kind of one of my talking points and I'm like it's like me as a therapist I I kind of pride myself on being real yeah keeping it real yes you And do. it's like hey I'm on Zoloft does that mean I'm not an effective counselor I'm going to argue that means I'm a very effective counselor because I'm talking about stigma yeah and I'm being transparent and that's my whole theoretical orientation it's why I'm I'm effective Yeah, and you eating a cookie, I would argue, is why you're a freaking good dietitian. (laughs) Exactly, because you're not eating a iceberg lettuce leaf at a party. No,
1: I would never do that unless I had something in it, (laughs)
0: like a lot of ranch and like stuff
1: inside. That's not food. I mean, it's food, but
0: (laughs) it. I don't know. It struck a stigma chord with me to say. You can't be effective in your job, or your job means this. And I'm not hating on people not understanding yeah. you know, others' professions and the complexities, obviously. But I know as a clinician, people get weird around me. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a therapist. Are you psychoanalyzing right. me? Or if you're a dietitian and you're eating a cookie, and I'm like, it perpetuates stigma to make it this us versus them, or you're judging us, or you're supposed to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Because what you What does have- that even mean? I mean <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just want to bring attention to that that you eat cookies yeah and a lot of other things totally and someone else could not or they could and that's you're not your job as a dietitian is not to know more than everyone or be better than everyone same as being a counselor it's not like I have perfect mental health yeah or you have a perfect calculated diet aren't these aren't yeah. even real terms but <laughs> yeah. it's stigmatizing but it's a thought
1: in people's head right they mm-hmm. it's a conception that they have in their minds of like oh that's what it means to be a
0: therapist or a dietitian or whatever and that pushes our own internalized shame because it's like oh I'm what's that mean about me mm-hmm I would love to come on someone's podcast and talk more about this. Um, mine, (laughs) come on mine, come on mine. Stigma and how this plays into like, we, we put professionals on pedestals and it just, it keeps us stuck. It keeps us feeling isolated. It's like, hell yeah, you eat cookies. Yeah. Hell yeah. I take Zoloft. Yeah. And anyway, moving on, right? Like what is that even, who cares? There's a lot of really interesting things about me. Yeah. And zoloft is- cookies and zoloft are not really them
1: right so i just the, the cookie thing it's some like i don't know you probably everybody who has a profession probably feels this way there's just it's just annoying to like deal with what people think that means and have to feel the annoying questions that come up like i have a friend who's an OBGYN and she tells me like she's had people like drop their pants and be like, can you <gasps> look at this for me? I mean, I'm sure like everybody has a story about why it's annoying to have a certain job, but for dietitians, it's just like, oh, you're judging me or like, oh, I shouldn't eat this around you. Or like, right. what's the healthiest thing? It's just like, okay, do you have time for a three hour phil- philosophical conversation about what the word healthy even means? Like, yeah, no, yeah. if you don't
0: have time for that, don't even, don't even ask me that annoying (laughs) question. Yeah. And you're right. This happens in every profession. And my angle is not to be like, don't ask us these questions, but rather to, I'm curious about the role of stigma. And when we kind of say these types of things and how it keeps us, you know, feeling shame to be like, Oh, if you're eating a cookie, what's that mean about you? Or what's that mean about me? Or how can you have perfect or imperfect mental health in a profession? I just think it's this is more nuance. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's like Paige, you have like some really good ideas. Thanks. Can I say one more thing about the cookie thing? Yeah. So
1: early on when I would get that reaction, I would, I would, what you're saying is like really resonating with me. I would feel like shame and I would feel like different emotions. Sometimes I would feel like I need to prove them wrong and just like eat more cookies so that I'm just like, boom, look how great and normal Mm. I am around these cookies. And then it would, it would mess with me at like restaurants when I'd go out to eat with people and everyone would order the salad or something. And then maybe I'm like, well, I kind of want the pasta, but maybe I should get the salad. But then maybe that makes Mm -hmm. them think that I'm just like a dietitian, like classic dietitian. And then maybe I should just, you know, and it would like mess with me, like be like, what should I order to prove other people wrong? Sort Mm. of. I was kind of in that place of like, and I really, I had to take a step back and be like, wait a minute. I can order a salad if that's what I really want. And I don't need to care or need to like own what people think about that. They can think that I'm being annoying by doing that, or they could think it's totally fine, or I can order the hamburger or the pasta and deal with what I can see as judgment. And I just need to stay true to me. And no one knows how hungry or full I feel. And I'm just, so I had to kind of come to that. It was kind of like a mind game for me for a while. Like mm-hmm. just dealing with people knowing I'm a dietitian and then kind of like being on high alert around me when I eat mm-hmm. and then feeling like I need to, show them something, you know, or perform. It's kind of, it's performative, right?
0: What a cool personal story. And thanks for being willing to share that because I think if you can wrestle through that and say, I'm the expert on my fullness and my hunger, and I'm allowed to eat this regardless of others' judgment. Like, isn't that all of our intention for our own relationships with food? Exactly. And again, if I can get better at just dealing with
1: people's judgment and not Letting it bother me and not owning it. If I can do that with food, I can do that when it's harder, right? Because there are way harder situations I'm in where I know I'm getting Y'all. judged,
0: <laughs> right? Like me getting down on all those breadsticks at Olive Garden <laughs> is not the hardest thing in life, <laughs> right? <laughs> like yes, there's exactly. a bigger judgments happening, yes, in higher stake situations, yes. But wrestling that where it feels so intense for some reason, I think you're right that that's that microcosm once again for. Real life, real deal issues. Exactly. I'm feeling edified. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to church. I'm freaking. Yeah, you took me to church today sharing some, like, really cool ideas that I think are, are like, a whole new view. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, yeah. like, nodding my head and shaking my head just, like. You're oh. therapisting me right now. Hmm interesting. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so how did this interview feel?
1: <laughs> and you're sitting in the pose of a therapist right now. Just no one can see, but you are with my checkered pants. Yeah. I like them.
0: Yeah. Thanks dude. So, uh, any last, uh, thoughts you can share with us about current projects, upcoming things, where can people find you? All that kind of stuff. Okay. So, um, my website we've talked about, <laughs>
1: Quite a it, <laughs> positive-nutrition.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there you'll find, I have a podcast called Nutrition Matters Podcast. And um, that's been around since 2015. So that's a lot of fun. And I explore um, a lot of the topics we talked about today on the podcast. And then I have a blog. And um, so those are two things you can access for free that can just be helpful. And there's a lot of people who just do that and never see me. And then we'll write in and be like, this has helped me so much. So it's kind of cool to be able to offer that. And then, um, I see clients individually one-on-one in my office in Salt Lake city, um, for, I, I do see eating disorders. I see people who are just struggling with their relationship with food in whatever way. And sometimes, um, you know, things like intolerances or gut issues that they're not sure exactly what's going on. Is it like a true intolerance or is it something else? I see a lot of people like that too, which is a lot of fun. I actually really like that kind of client. And then the super exciting thing that I'm working on this month in December is, um, I'm releasing my online course that I made two and a half years ago. I'm re-releasing it under the new brand positive nutrition. So it's called positive nutrition for life. And it's a lot of the things we talked about today of like, okay, diets don't work, but then what do you actually do? And so I'm, I'm really Getting nitty gritty. I have like a seventy-page workbook with it, and so
0: oh, yeah. what? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, a textbook. No, <laughs> yeah, not that. That's what that is. No, <laughs> and um, and it's ten lessons, and I take you actually one of the lessons is like ten short little lessons for each of the intuitive eating principles. So I take them, I take the course members like through this whole process, including the intuitive eating book, and then we end with the positive nutrition stuff. Um, So I'm really proud of what I'm putting together, like super Mm. pumped about it. Um, So that's for sale um, through the end of the month for a hundred dollars off. And then it'll go up to the regular price January 1st when I officially release it. And then I have one other uh, online course called Positive Nutrition 101, which is really the science of nutrition. Mm. So if you're interested in learning about Things that you just hear people talk about, you're you're not really sure what they mean, um, and how they can kind of be sometimes, I don't know what the right word is, but like taken over by diet culture. Things like macronutrients, things like metabolism, things like exercise, things you know, just these concepts that can kind of get blown out of proportion and get really non-scientific. Um, I teach, I co-teach that with Jesse Hoffman, who has a PhD in nutrition, so that's a lot of fun. We get real nitty-gritty into the science. Oh my gosh! Which is cool. I love the science for me was like healing. Yeah. When I learned about the science of nutrition in college, I was like, oh, there's no need to be so weird about food. Like it really helped me a lot. So that course is super fun. We've gotten great feedback about it. So it's kind of for two different audiences. Some, some people will do better to just learn about the science. Some people kind of need this whole process of like, how do you heal your relationship with food? So yeah.
0: Yeah. You said the positive nutrition for life is a hundred bucks off for the rest of the month. Where do people go to get that? Remind okay, us. so you go to the website and then you click on the
1: academy tab, and that will take you to like all of the resources I have, like the online. I, I'm calling it the positive nutrition academy. So cool. it's like yeah, a, like a learning center, and I'll be adding okay. more courses probably for like my my dream is to do um, specific like issues like positive nutrition for pregnancy, positive mm. nutrition for like. Athletes, mm. you know, and kind of like specify these concepts for different populations.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> hell. That is so great. And co
1: teach it with other experts because it's cool to have other perspectives too. So,
0: yes. Uh, I've looked through Paige's courses. She's thorough, she's really good. And so, you get my full fledged 100% backup Aww, stamp of approval. You're sweet. Um, my introduction to intuitive eating is like an hour long course with some supplements. If you want to, if you've taken that and you want more and you want to go more in depth, (laughs) Paige's course is there's no harm in repeating intuitive
1: eating stuff too. Right. Like yeah, that repetition is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Go
0: check it out. She has further steps. Like what now? I love how you said that and using your whole positive nutrition spin. So I think that'd be a great supplement, y'all. Thanks. Paige Smathers in the house. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I um, I want you guys to go check out our podcast. It's really good. And We did an episode a while back. Yeah. So you can hear me talking about mindfulness. We talked about feeling feelings. Feeling your feelings. Mm, it was so good.
1: I feel like we both kind of cried a little during we? it. Yeah. Therapists cry? I cried a little. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my
0: cold, dark, black heart cried a little. Yeah, we (laughs) we got emotional. (laughs) I love it. I think it's episode one ten. Okay, I think it is
1: because I tell people about it all the
0: time. So, awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in. And uh, do you want to do the sign off where I say, "May you be well"? Oh,
1: I've never heard you say that.
0: I've only been doing the podcast since March, so it's not like. That <laughs> I
1: listened to well episodes, known. maybe I haven't finished them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guilty is <as> charged. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just always like, okay, we're done. May you be well. And then I sign off. Okay. So I want you to say it.
1: Okay, we're done. May you be well. <laughs> May you be well. <laughs>